0: Praise God, praise God, praise God. I'll give the Lord a hand, praise. He's so worth it. look at someone and smile oh hallelujah come with us now to <clears throat> come with us now to the new testament gospel of mark Mark chapter 8 verses 27 through 34. Mark chapter 8 verses 27 through 34. And as you prepare to hear the word of God, won't you stand out of reverence for God's holy his holy word. And listen now for the word of the Lord. The word of God says Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi and on the way he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, And others, they say, Elijah. And then others, they say, you one of the prophets. And then he asked them, those who followed him, he asked them, but who do you say (laughs) that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Messiah. And Jesus sternly Ordered them not to tell anybody about him. I'll say it again in the sermon, but he's like, if that's all you know, just don't say nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Then he began to teach them, because they just didn't know after all that time. He began to teach them again that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering, be rejected, by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed. And after three days rise again, and he said all of this quite openly. And Peter, the disciple, took him aside, took Jesus aside, and began to rebuke Jesus. But then turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. And he said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan for you are setting your mind not on divine things but on human things he called the crowd with his disciples and said to them if any of you want to become my followers let them deny themselves take up their cross and follow The word of God. For the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Pray with me now. Oh Lord as I stand before your beloved. Please fill me afresh with a double anointing of your Holy Spirit. Oh Lord you, you please allow. Please allow the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, that they be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, for you are my strength, and you are my redeemer. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray it. Let the church say amen. 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 As we gather this morning, I always think, oh, this is a lectionary. I always love lectionaries. always on time, on time. That The lectionary scriptures come from scholars who have put together a group of sp- scriptures that preachers are supposed to look at and choose from each Sunday. It keeps us working. It keeps us away from using scriptures that we're comfortable with, and it keeps us growing. <clears throat> look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, Just do the work. <laughs> Just do the work. Okay, and then some people have been in church all our lives, and we go, what's the work? So let me remind you again and teach you again. Jesus will talk to us about a disciple job description. A disciple's job description. Who among us today would apply or take a job without knowing or understanding what the job was? What the job expected of us? And and what were the expected roles and responsibilities? Would you take a start a, a job without that understanding? Tell the truth, would you? No, you wouldn't, and if you did, you wouldn't last very long. <laughs> You'd probably get fired because you didn't understand what you was hired for in the first place. And so in our lesson today, we find. Jesus spending time with his disciples, his followers, trying to make sure that they were clear about what it meant to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, that they understood what it required, what it involved. In our scripture lesson, the disciples with Jesus found themselves taking a test. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus will test you. Jesus will test you. Well, just like the disciples of old, we have been in the company of Jesus a long time too. Many of us who call ourselves disciples of Jesus Christ. We've read the word. We've come to worship. We go to Bible study. We come to Sunday school. We work for years in the church. Somebody say amen. amen. So now it's only fair that we make sure, since we're here, since we joined the church, since we've been baptized and made a commitment, it's important that we make sure that we also understand a disciple's job description. Beloved, a disciple of Jesus Christ is one whose aim and purpose and all of life is to be like Jesus. We worry so much about what people think of us and trying to be like somebody else, keeping up with the Joneses. That's, that's, that's human thought. We're talking divine thought. Our job is really not to be like ourselves. <laughs> that's hard to do, isn't it? I don't want to be like me. I want to be like Jesus. By doing what Jesus teaches and by following Jesus' ways. That's why we are called Christians. It just means to be like Jesus Christ. By following Jesus. There used to be a bracelet with a question. What did it say? What would Jesus do? Therefore, if we are to be followers or disciples of Jesus, we must Know the person we're following. How are you going to be like Jesus and you don't know who Jesus is? We must know what that person wants. We, we, We must know what that person expects of us. We must know how to represent that person that is consistent with who that person's personality and character is. You can't be like Jesus if you don't know Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you just can't be like Jesus if you don't know Jesus. (laughs) Therefore, Jesus begins by asking us the same question he asked his disciples thousands of years ago. Who do people say that I am? Well, today in this society, one, people don't even talk about Jesus. People don't come to church. People don't know the word. And people have conjured up their own ideas of who Jesus is, even people in the church. Jesus said, who do people say that I am? Not that Jesus really cared, but he's testing them, right? But he wanted to know if they were believing what they heard or what they knew or had seen for themselves. Now, now, if we know Jesus and we're not talking about Jesus, uh, then how will other people know Jesus? <laughs> and so in his words, and his works, Jesus always gave evidence. He gave evidence to the people and his disciples, yes, that he was the son of God. He was the savior of the world. He was the leader, and yet they didn't get it. They didn't, they didn't get it. They just didn't get it. And so instead of diligently seeking for the truth, the disciples were listening to popular opinion and following it just as many people do today. Hmm. The disciples answered the question. They say. People say that you John the Baptist. In other words, they say. Now, the thing is, who is they and where did they come from and what do do they know? Usually, they ain't even saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. Help me up in here, somebody. They say, they say, I hate for people to come to me with that. They say, who is they? Can you give me some names? Who is they? But one, I really don't care what they say because they can't save my soul. Help me up in here. They they say you John the Baptist. They say you Elijah. It's even some people, God, who say, Jesus, you just ain't no more than a prophet, blah, 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 blah. You know, we could go on and on. And so Jesus listened to all of these wrong answers, not coming from the street, but coming from his own disciples. He said, okay. You're good at telling me what they say, but here's the question. Who do you say? Do you even open your mouth about me, but who do you say that I am? We want to be sure that we know who Jesus is. So he asked the real question again but who who do you church members who do you say that I am? And then Peter, the disciple, answered. That's why you don't ask for volunteers because sometimes it's the volunteer they be raising their hand and they the very one don't know the answer. You ask for a volunteer, they the one can't sing. You ask for a volunteer, they the one with the nasty attitude and want to be an usher. You ask for a volunteer, they the ones volunteer for something they don't have no gifts or talents to do. It's a dangerous thing in the church to ask for a volunteer. But there was big mouth Peter. He always owned his mouth. Peter, the disciple, said, you are the Messiah. <laughs> or oh, as he said, in other words, you are the anointed one, the promised Messiah. You, you, you like a king who's come to live royally and change things. In other words, you, you just anointed. Well, well, now, what's that saying? What does that mean to a dying world? What what would it mean if I tell somebody on the street, Jesus is the Messiah? It's like some of the hymns we used to sing. People on the street have no idea what we were talking about, and many of us don't either. (laughs) Help me in here. And that's why Jesus didn't respond with, that's good. Because Jesus don't play like that. He don't tell you something good and it ain't good. Jesus sternly. See, that ain't the Jesus we know. We like to talk about the sweet little Jesus, boy, but that ain't the Jesus of the Bible. (laughs) Jesus sternly ordered them not to tell anybody about him. If that's all you know, just shut up till I correct you and let you know who I really am. Don't go out telling people I'm somebody I'm not. If you don't know who I am, just be quiet. Jesus was so disappointed with them. But then Jesus, the stern, disciplined, orderly Jesus, was also the all-loving, compassionate, understanding, tolerant, patient Jesus. Look at somebody say Jesus was balanced. <laughs> started all over because he loved them, to teach them who he was by telling them his God-given purpose, not not his human purpose. Peter, you're trying to make me human, but I'm talking about do you see the divine part? He he, he talked to them about his God-given purpose and assignment in the world. So Jesus said, yeah, I am the son of man, meaning the son of God, "and, and because of who I am, the job description of my life informs me that I must undergo great suffering. My job description says I'm going to even be rejected by the elders, the, the chief priest and the, and the scribes as the church, and be killed. And after three days, rise again. Listen, listen to me, listen. When, when when your job description is filled with rejection and death and resurrection, it seems as if you'd be kind of guarded about telling people. Who wants to follow you after all of that? You know what I mean? Because they thinking, well, if that happened to Jesus and I'm following him, guess what's going to happen to me? Of course, we don't think like that. We think if we follow Jesus, everything's going to be okay. We forget that following Jesus don't mean that. Hallelujah, somebody say amen, you know, y'all kind of quiet opinion. So it seems as if he wouldn't have said all that. You might think that if, if you told people all of that, they wouldn't want to be around you. But Jesus was a brave and determined man, so the word says he said all of this quite openly. You know, I, I, I've asked what's going on in the world. You know, one of the things I've learned as a pastor and a Christian, that the world wants us to be open. They say to us, we should never preach a sermon without our own personal testimony. It's so true because today, people don't want to follow a pastor or a Christian who ain't been through nothing and won't talk about it. (laughs) Glory to God. Jesus was frank and honest, truthful, and straight up about who he was and what his assignment from God, his father was. So Jesus wants us to know today what we have signed up for by joining the church of Jesus Christ and calling ourselves disciples of Jesus. Look at your neighbor and say, this is serious. Tell your other neighbor, this is serious. This is serious. But again, Jesus made it clear. He made it. Made it clear, no no sweet talk, no no beating around the bush, no no sugar coating, and, and because of who Jesus told them he was, they were just they were stunned, they were stunned, and they were and they were scared. oh, I'm sure that they had heard it many times before, but you know how we hear what we want to hear, <laughs> even in the word of God, we hear what we want to hear. And- and we don't hear what does not make us comfortable. The Bible says in the last days that people will want to hear words that make them feel good and make them comfortable. But we forget. People in the church forget the Jesus who, who told off the scribes and the Pharisees. Folks will ignore Jesus losing his temple and running the money changers out of the temple. People don't want to hear about the Jesus that loved and respected women and and allowed them, too, to follow him. It was obvious that they had not gotten the whole picture of who Jesus was because they couldn't answer the question of who he he really was. The disciples didn't like what Jesus said to them, and that's why Peter took Jesus to the side and began to challenge him. Can you imagine Peter thinking that he could tell Jesus who he was? We do it all the time. Uh-oh. We are telling Jesus who we think he is by our actions. We follow our own way and we think we following Jesus. That's sad. Say that's sad. It's sad. Peter took Jesus to the side to convince Jesus that he would not have to suffer, die, and be raised from the dead. And Peter's protest was born out of his own ignorance of God's will and his deep love for his Lord. One minute Peter was a rock, the next minute he was a stumbling block. One minute he was a a faithful churchgoer, the next minute he acted like the devil. Peter was listening to the voice Of Satan. You need to know when you're listening to the voice of Satan. Someone shared with me on the way out of church. It was just a beautiful thing. said, you know, the devil told me this morning not to get up and go to church. At least they know that it's only the devil who would tell you not to go to church. At least they know that. Jesus would never tell you not to go to church. She said, but I got up anyway. And I'm so glad that I came. So Jesus rebuked Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. That's Jesus. For you are setting your mind on, you, you on, on earthly things and human things. You, you are not even thinking at a spiritual level, Peter. You, you're not even thinking at a divine level. You staying on the ground with the rest of the people. You're supposed to be peculiar. People are supposed to think there's something wrong with you, Peter. You're a disciple of Jesus Christ. Peter, you want to just come to church. Peter, what what I talk about is hard work. (laughs) I'm talking about suffering, Peter. I'm talking about dying to yourself. You want to change my job that God gave me? Peter, you think following me is supposed to be easy? Peter, you think it's supposed to be your doing what you want to do and not what I say for you to do? Peter, Peter, you must first put what you want aside. You, You got to put yourself on the back burner, Peter. You must put what you want aside and put what I want as the primary purpose in life. Peter, all who join me must first deny yourself Oh, God, that is hard for us to do today. God, we just love to take care. We just obsessed, I say it all the time, with ourselves. Yes, we are. We just obsessed with ourselves. He said, first, you got to deny yourself. Then you got to take up your cross. And then you got to follow me. Listen your neighbor say, neighbor, just do the, do the DTF. Just do the DTF. Deny yourself, take up your cross and follow Jesus. <laughs> so Jesus made the job description of his followers clear. If anybody wants to become my followers, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. You have to give up self to follow Jesus. You can't have your cake and eat it too. That was a time when I thought I could be a preacher without making the greatest sacrifices of my life. Without going through the suffering necessary to follow Jesus. But, but it never came to that. It's never come to that. I've always had to give up something to follow Jesus. You know, sometimes your children don't understand what you give up for them because they think you don't have a self. (laughs) They so caught up in themselves, they think they yourself. I'm just talking right here. I'm just talking. 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 Lord is just speaking to me right here, right here, right here. I cannot tell you my own personal dreams, my my own Lydia plans, my my own desires of my heart. That never have come to pass until this, they never have. Never have. I've had to give up relationships, jobs that paid a lot of money, friendships, all kind of relationships. I love relationships. I love love stories. I love to see happy, wonderful, beautiful couples. I love that. And I can look and say, I have never been loved by a man like she being loved by a man. I couldn't have that and be a pastor. I look at people who can pay all their bills on time with money left over. Not a pastor in the United Methodist Church. We talk about the Pentecostal or non denominational churches. But in this denomination, as a black woman, and women who've never been appointed to big churches that could take care of them and leave them a big pension and allow them to send their children to college and allow them to do all the things they wanted to do. That's never happened to me. Think I didn't want it? Deny yourself. I know what it is to deny myself. But what we have to understand is there's a reward in denying yourself. Jesus didn't say, just deny yourself. Jesus said, deny yourself for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I denied myself doing what God told me to do rather than what man wanted or told me I could not do. Deny yourself. This ain't about us. Look at your neighbor and say, this ain't about us. We all should have something to talk about. What we gave up to follow Jesus. And it surprises me how how people who are Christians are more impressed when we say, I did it my way. They're more impressed with saying, I wanted this and I got that, honey. I always wanted it and now I'm here. I always, they're more impressed when we say that than if we said, that ain't the story of my life. I, I'm openly, but I did it. God's way I did it God's way and one day you go through all the crazy of doing it God's way there's crazy in doing it God's way you know I've heard my kids say we wish you had been anything else but a pastor only to hear that same child say to me just a few weeks ago Mama, I may not understand why you were comfortable in Texas and you you decided on your own to leave comfort and go back to a place that never quite treated you right. CalPAC Conference, where you said you'd never go back. She said, "I, I don't understand that. But she said, you know what? I have learned, Mama, is that you walk to the beat of a different And what I've learned is that I respect you, Mama, for who you are. And I just love you the way that you are. The reward doesn't come immediately. (laughs) But the reward always comes when you do it God's way. She said, now we have a room already prepared for you to come back. But we know that you probably will. We don't know what you're going to do, but I want you to know, Mama. Be with you, whatever you do. Never heard her say that. Blessed my heart. Because when you keep doing it, one day, Your children will rise up to Bibles and call you (laughs) blessed. Child of God, how many? Then it says, that's not all. First, you got to deny yourself. This ain't about me. You don't go to a church to work and talk about they hurt my feelings. What do you care? (laughs) Ain't about them? It's all about God. It's all about him. Lord, am I pleasing you? It's all about Him. It's all about Him. Child of God, how have you denied yourself for Jesus? Well, I could really look at your calendar, your checkbook, and get some idea how much time and money you give to yourself versus the church. That'd give me some idea. Uh, child of God, how many crosses or sacrifices or suffering or burdens are you choosing to make on behalf of the church of Jesus Christ today? Uh, and then He says, you know, take up your cross. Now, you have to listen to this because we got to speed up now. Take up your cross. He, he didn't even, he's so kind, he didn't even say, I'm going to give you a cross. He said, I'm going to let you choose a cross. <laughs> Take up your cross. Don't be ashamed to tell people what you've had to go through. Sometimes, some women have slept with their cross. You know what I'm saying? You need to tell somebody how hard it was to stay in a relationship. And you know what I hear people say? When they stayed, it always got better. Hallelujah. Some of us leave too quick. Sometimes our children are a cross. Don't be ashamed. Say, Jesus, right over there. Take up your cross. Bear your cross, beloved. Bear your cross. Tell somebody about the crosses you've had to bear. Stop acting like you ain't been through nothing. People don't want to hear that. We need to live what we sing about. Are you doing the DTF? Are you following your job description, denying yourself, taking up your cross, and following Jesus? Look at your neighbor and say, just do it. The DTF. And say oh we need to live the life we sing about in our songs. You remember the hymn that says all to Jesus? I surrender. They didn't mean it. All to him. I freely give. I will ever love and trust him. Church people, they talk more about each other than they do the Lord. Help me up In his presence daily live. I surrender all. Lord, every bit of furniture they ever picked up, every car they ever repossessed, <laughs> Every job that didn't pay nothing. I, I surrender. I surrender all to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender Oh. Then they say, must Jesus pay? Lord, we don't even like to look at a cross today. We think putting on a gold cross with diamonds in it or, or, or some kind of shiny stuff. These ain't diamonds. They are not diamonds. If they were, I would hock it. <laughs> God supplied me with stuff. People gave me gold a lot at one time, and after I retired, it didn't have no money. I was, couldn't believe the money I got for that gold. I thank him for it. I thank him, But these not real. It's more than this. It's more than putting on a pretty cross that shines. (laughs) Must Jesus bear the cross alone? I mean, the world is crazy. Our cross is the people we leave out. The church refuses to bear that cross. We want to talk about people who were here yesterday. We want to talk about people, what we did long ago. There's a whole world. A whole, do you see the people who've never been in the church? Do you see the people who don't know God? Do you see the people? That's our cross, and we refuse to bear it, church. Must Jesus bear the cross alone? And all the world go free? No. There's a cross for everyone. And there's a cross for me. And that's why we go pick up our crosses and we gonna go to the street. The consecrated cross i bear till death shall set me free and then go home because we don't understand for every cross there's what? There's a crown. For every cross there is a a crown. And then go home. That's for eternity. My crown to wear. For there's a crown for me. So this morning as we recommit, the song says, Lord, I don't know about anybody else. Lord, I commit today that, Lord, I'm I'm me. I am available. I'll do what you want me to. Lord, I went and got my knee fixed so I can run for you a little better. And it's been hard. But I did it so you could use me, Lord. someone's way and enable them to say enable me to say Lord enable me to say Lord Lord, my stories what I want now that don't matter give me the desires of my heart I want my desires to be your desires Give me the desires Of my heart My storage is empty And I am available I've asked the Lord, I said, Lord, forgive preachers for hiding out these last 50 years. We don't wear the collar or the priestly garment. We want to hide out. (laughs) I'll put it back on, Lord. I'll go to Barnes with the collar on. It always makes a difference. (laughs) Uh, Show me somebody I can talk to, Lord, every day. Point out somebody to me by looking at them to know they just need a word from the Lord. Or they just need a hug. Or they just need a touch. Or they just need for somebody to say, I know it's going to be all right. Just let me, Lord, touch somebody today. Let me touch somebody today. I have to tell you this. I was in therapy Friday. I go to therapy on Wednesday and Friday. My therapist is a young woman who has said to me she... She don't like the church. She don't know nothing about the church. She don't go to church. When her mama calls to ask her to go to church, she said, I'll drop you off at the church. When I go, I do my best to minister to this baby. Uh, And we talk about things. Beside my knee, we talk about things. Although I know when she put those blue gloves on, it's going to be a different story call. She does her job well. She said she told her mother, she said, "I, I found a pastor that I talked to. And her mama said, you found a pastor? that you talk to, does that pastor know who you really are?
1: She said, Mama, you ought
0: to hear some of the stories the pastor told me about herself. She won't mind me sharing this and uh, this Friday and she had put the blue gloves on and the pain is excruciating. One day I was crying, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, help me through this Jesus, oh Jesus. She stopped and she said, that's not my name. Friday, she's doing my knee. And she said, Oh God, please forgive me for making my pastor hurt.